Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Warriors Report. It is Tuesday, December 3rd. And the Warriors just got blown out by the Atlanta Hawks, 104 to 79 last night in Atlanta. Um, losses, nothing new to the Warriors, obviously. Big losses, nothing new to the Warriors. Yet still, I think it's safe to say that a lot of people will probably be disappointed that they were unable to make it a little bit closer against a team that entered the game with as many losses, or excuse me, as many wins as the Warriors had. Uh, Had the Warriors won the game, they would not have the worst record in the league anymore. Atlanta would then have that distinction. But of course, Atlanta is better than the Warriors. And and here we are. Uh, So I won't touch too much on the game again. uh, If you missed yesterday's first podcast of this new podcast series... um, This Warriors Report podcast is going to be short, and it's not really going to touch on the games too much, and we are going to bring back the Wake Up With The Warriors podcast starting again in January. So I won't talk too much about the game. If you missed it, good for you. Hopefully you had something better to do with your Monday night. Uh, It wouldn't be hard for something to be better to do with your Monday night than that. Um, But if you did miss it, we've got lots of... Lots of content up on the website, so you can go read it there. Uh, the The bright spot for the Warriors, as as has been for so much of this year, was Eric Paschal. Um and that's <laughs> that consistency is a good thing. I think the team will be very happy with him continuing to be the bright spot, e- even if other players aren't playing well. Uh, really, what they're looking for at this point in the year is one player to really establish themselves as someone who can be part of the rotation next year when everybody's healthy, when they're back to competing for a title. Uh, and Pascal was was phenomenal last night, 24 points, needed just 11 shots to get there, 9 of 11 shooting, 2 of 2 on threes, which is great to see. He's been struggling there. Also had 9 rebounds, 6 assists to just 3 turnovers. Uh, so that young player development, obviously a great thing there and continuing to look like a player who should be able to just kind of slot right in onto next year's squad, either as a sixth man or as uh, the starting small forward, especially if that three-point shot can continue to come around. Uh, the other two big things from the night, uh, Kavon Looney returned, first time playing since the first half of the first game of the year. He was rusty, as you would expect, two points, two rebounds, did have two block shots. Uh, played just 15 minutes. Uh, interestingly, Steve Kerr started Looney at power forward while also starting Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, but also interestingly, Marquise Chris played more minutes than either player. Um, I talked on yesterday's podcast about how Marquise Chris was one of the more interesting players to be watching right now given Looney's return because we'd probably find out a lot about how the Warriors value Marquise Chris. 
um, because they only have a month left of him before they have to decide whether or not to guarantee his contract. So with Looney returning, uh, Chris is certainly a guy who's now very much on the bubble, and it wouldn't be surprising if we just see him fall out of the rotation, and then the team that would symbolize that the team will likely cut him at some point. Uh, but instead, uh, tonight he he played more minutes, 20, than Colley Stein, who had 19, or Looney, who had 15. Uh, wasn't particularly good in those minutes, so maybe this that was less about where Steve Kerr's confidence is and more about giving him the opportunity to see if he can earn that roster spot or not. Um, so that was an interesting development. Um, also, Jordan Poole, as we talked about yesterday, in that same Eric Paschal position of trying to develop and establish that he can be a contributor on the next good Warriors team. Obviously, he's much further behind Pascal right now in that in that race. Um, and his game against the Hawks certainly didn't help. He, for the second game in a row, he did not make a shot from the field. Um, over the last two games, he's now 0 for 13 shooting the ball, including 0 for 8 from three-pointers. Um over seven on three-pointers, excuse me. Has just one point in the last two games despite playing more than 35 minutes. So obviously since that's his role on this team is to shoot and to score, that isn't going to cut it. Um, Still young, still a lot of developing to do, but obviously that's not going the way that they envisioned it. So we'll see. He's he's one to keep an eye on, obviously. Um, so let's move on. Just hit a few other topics here. Uh, one thing I wanted to discuss, because I've seen a lot of people mention this um, on Twitter, on, on our website, GoldenStateOfMind.com, and everywhere in between, um, is Kendrick Nunn. Um, Kendrick Nunn is right now the starting point guard for the Miami Heat rookie player who is having a phenomenal rookie year. I think most people will probably have him second on their rookie of the year ballots behind Ja Morant, maybe even ahead of Ja. Um, right there in that mix, probably, I would say the top three right now for rookie of the year in some order are Ja Morant, Kendrick Nunn, and Eric Paschal. Um, and Nunn gets tied to the Warriors a lot. He went undrafted, not this year, but a year ago, uh, and the Warriors signed him. He was on their summer league team. He played in Santa Cruz, uh, but never actually made it to the NBA. Uh, So a lot of people have kind of criticized the Warriors for not capitalizing on the fact that they had him in their system. And while some of those critiques may be fair, I think it there's a very big point here that needs to be made that none was never actually under contract with the Golden State Warriors. Um, He signed an Exhibit 10 contract, which really just means that if he opted to play his G League season in Santa Cruz, uh, that he would be compensated a little bit better than the average Santa Cruz player. But he was never actually on the Golden State Warriors roster, only the Santa Cruz Warriors roster, um, is not a situation with like with Kai Bowman, where Bowman is on a two-way contract. Uh, it's not a situation like Alfonso McKinney, who was on a non-guaranteed contract but started the season with the team. 
Uh, Nunn was never at that level. The Warriors never had control of him. They never let him go. Uh, they obviously had more eyes on him than other teams since he was in Santa Cruz and he was in training camp with them. Uh, but it's not the oversight that, you know, I think some people are making it out to be that the Warriors had had him on their roster and and let him slip through their fingers when really it was just they weren't as impressed by him as Miami ultimately was, but neither were 28 other teams who had all of last year to watch him in summer league preseason and the G League and offer him a contract. He played 49 G League games, plenty of time for any NBA team to look at him and decide that he was worthy of an NBA contract. And ultimately it took until the very, very, very end of last year for Miami to do that. Miami ultimately signed him basically the last week of the season. He didn't play, um, but that gave him the opportunity to then return to the team this year. Um, on a, you know, tangential note, Nunn has a complicated and um, problematic past that we've written about and that you can certainly Google and find information about. So as as well as he has pl- been playing this rookie here, um... I'm certainly fine with the fact that he's not on the Warriors. I think many people are fine with the fact that he's not on the Warriors. Uh, And certainly with how well Kai Bowman is playing, um, the Warriors certainly look like they're they're doing fine in terms of young, undrafted backup point guards who can contribute to the team going forward. Uh, So moving on tonight is Draymond Green's jersey retirement at Michigan State. Um, they're squeezing it in here. The Warriors played last night. They play again tomorrow night. Um, but Michigan State found an off day that Draymond could get there for. Celebrate having his jersey retired. Obviously, we all know how proud Draymond is of Michigan State, how much he loves Tom Izzo and how good of a relationship they have, how much he's given back to the school. He's donated millions of dollars to the school. He spent all four years there. Very, very, very loyal to the program. So, and to his home state of Michigan in general. So huge, huge night for him, I'm sure, in in what has been a tough season for him and a tough season for the Warriors. This will certainly be a bright spot for him. And he'll be supported by a lot of, a lot of people there, in addition to so many people in the Michigan State family. Uh, a lot of the Warriors are making the trip. Uh, Logan Murdoch noted that not only will Steve Kerr be there, but Bob Myers, Joe Lacob, Zaza Pachulia, and Clay Thompson, who isn't even with the team but is flying out from his rehab in Southern California to East Lansing. Um, Anthony Slater reported that D'Angelo Russell will be there as well. So a lot, a lot of of Warriors will be there with him. I would guess there are some more even beyond those names, some more players who probably made that trip. Uh, Steph Curry could not make the trip. Uh, he's not able to fly until he has that second surgery on his wrist to remove um, the pins that were put in after the first surgery. That will be taking place at some point in the next few weeks, at which point presumably his rehab will be accelerated. Uh, so if you want to watch that retirement ceremony, it is a televised game. Um, it's at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN. 
Uh, Michigan State is playing Duke, so it should be a very good game. I don't particularly follow college basketball, but um, they're both highly ranked teams. Duke is ranked 10th in the nation. Michigan State is ranked 11th. Um, so if you want to watch, take a break from the NBA for a night, catch some good college basketball and see Draymond getting his jersey retired, you can do that on ESPN. Otherwise, I will have a post up on our site at some point tonight with video from that ceremony um, if you miss it. So I think that is about all the news we've got here on this Wednesday, or excuse me, Tuesday. Getting ahead of myself already. The Warriors are back in action Wednesday at 4 p.m. against the Hornets. The Hornets have been sneakily good this year. Um, not, I shouldn't say good, just better than expected. There's still 8-14, and 14, still very bad, but uh, I think there were many reasons to think they'd be the worst team in the league this year. Uh, that certainly hasn't been the case, but still uh, as winnable of a road game as the Warriors will ever find themselves with. So we'll see if they can do anything with that. And thanks for listening, everyone.